And hello, movie lovers. Tonight, I actually have my good friend Beth on from Made for TV Movie Club. And this is actually just getting to know her episode. She's been on my show several times. I've been meaning to just do a laid back episode sometimes just to get to know some of my guests. So without further ado, we're going to go on and get started with that. But also too, go on and rate us on Good Pods, Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. And that's just to go ahead and get us up and climb up the rankings for other people to find us. So without further ado, we're going to get on with the show. Let's do this. Hey Beth, how you been doing? Hi John, how are you? Thanks for having me back again. I just love being. I love doing doing lives with you. Thank you. I love doing the podcast with you. It's always fun to have you on here Thank and everything. You. You're very welcome. And it's always a pleasure to have you. And you know, I remember when you reached out to me last year. And last, you, I think it was last either August or September, early early September, somewhere around yeah. there. And we ended up just having a great conversation on over the phone, I and mean, I already knew yeah. that the chemistry was already happening before we even got on the air. That's one of the best things I have to say. That was about our friend. We grew into a great friendship, to be honest. Yeah, with I you. agree. I because I actually kind of felt like when we first talked on the phone, I remember that because I was like, "Wow, we." I mean, we talked for quite a long time too. It was sort of like, and I kind of felt like, "Oh, we're already friends." Like I felt like we we were <laughs> friends already, but we just hadn't met yet. Exactly. You know how that, that happens sometimes? That's yeah, I do. I That's how this podcasting community is, right? Like sometimes, right. you know, you go into it, you don't know what to expect from the other person or whatever. You're just hoping that the chemistry is landing there and you're hoping for the best. But sometimes magic winds up happening to where I call it podcast magic, but where basically you don't know how the show's going to go or anything like that. You're doing it on a complete wham for starters. And, you know, you're just wondering, okay, is this actually going to go the way that you think it's going to go down? And then you wind up finding out, yes, it actually does work. Yeah. And I love having you on as a guest. I think that you do a fantastic job on your podcast as well. Thank you. You're very thank, welcome. Thank Don't you. get the big head. But, yeah, you're Oh, I won't. I, I will, I'll try not to get it. But, you know, we are talking about me, so I've kind of had one all day. So okay, I'm like, I, got I told my husband, I'm like, well, we're going to talk about me tonight. And I, you know how much I love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, you know, there's something that's always been wondering, like, I know that you did the Made for TV Movie Club and stuff like that. But where did the idea come from to want to do this? What made you say, hey, look, I want to do a podcast. My love is for movies, but not only movies, but TV shows that's based off of movies. Well, we actually started off when I started thinking about doing a podcast. I really kind of wanted to do like a true crime or like missing persons podcast because kind of Unsolved Mysteries has been my favorite show my, you know, since it came out when I was probably early teens. And there's there's a lot of podcasts I listened to about that. And then I was like, well, there's so many good ones. I'm not sure that that's kind of the wheelhouse. So then I was thinking about it and I thought, I love TV movies. I've always loved them my whole life. So I thought, well, maybe I can do something with that. And so then I kind of was thinking I wanted to do something like watch Lifetime movies and do and do it that way. But then I then I realized that probably could have some copyright issues like talking. I, I just wasn't sure like 
how how that might go and i hadn't done a lot of research on on the legalities of reviewing films yet so then i realized doing some research that a lot of the movies that i watched on lifetime actually started out as tv movies so that's kind of the string of how it started to where it ended up the concept and then of course we i had to go through oh what do i how do i want to like do this do we need to script it do we need to not script it but in the end, I felt like we had to at least script enough to get the plot down because some of the TV movies we've done, I, you can only get on DVD. So it's not like you can go back and watch every single movie we've reviewed, but we also don't want people to not listen because they haven't seen the movie. So there, there was a exactly. lot of juggling. Yeah, there's a lot of juggling to figure out um, how to kind of work around some of that. I can imagine because I mean, like I like we were talking on, uh, before we started. There's some movies that I was thinking to myself that I've seen, and then once you guys start reviewing it and everything, I'm like, okay, so I did see that movie or whatever. So it's very easy to get into that mindset of, well, maybe with this person, maybe this person never heard of this movie or anything like that. So yeah, it can get into a very tricky situation where yeah. you don't know what to expect. And also, too, you know, the, the movies that you review are a lot older. The dialogue is not <laughs> flowing the way that it needs to be flowing or anything yeah. like that either, which is something that you bring up a lot on the show, which is something that I do appreciate. Though, yeah. Too. And, and like, specifically TV, from, TV movies from the 70s, uh, there's a lot of just sexism, chauvinism, uh, just some very strange things that you today are very jarring, but back then we're not we're just kind of an acceptable way i guess people didn't think twice about it so when we go back especially that far because we review movies from you know from the 70s 80s and 90s it's 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 a strange it's very strange to go back to the 70s because a lot of them i was a child so i didn't see some of them and some of them i have only vague recollections of having seen I can imagine because there's a lot of stuff that I can go back to to my childhood. I'm like, well, I remember this plot right here, but then the, then after that, you start thinking about it. Well, how did that scene actually happen the way that it did? And then it gets lost in your head. Is like, okay, that's it. I have to go out and check this movie out now. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And 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 even just trying to find some of the movies has been a little bit of a challenge. Like we bought them from. A couple of them, some of them on DVD and a couple have come and we thought we were buying them from, you know, I um, like a regular old DVD dealer. And then we realized that perhaps somebody just video like made a DVD of a videotape. So <laughs> we were like, should we even do this move? I don't want to like get in trouble for like having a hijacked copy of a film or whatever. But um but it's it's strange because I was going to to say earlier that so our next movie I was telling you this is Mazes and Monsters, and the reason I had that was not even on our list at all. But a couple weeks ago I had, was talking to a woman and she's like, "Oh, my grandson has D and D cards." So the movie yeah. Mazes and Monsters, Tom Hanks is in it, Oscar winner Tom Hanks. Um, so it's I think it's probably his first starring role in a in a film, but he had done. Bosom Buddies, I think, was prior to that. Maybe not. I, I'm not 100% I sure. I think Red so I, Shoes, though, too. I think that that was one of his. 
Yeah. Uh, or the pink shoes or something like that. I forgot. Something with shoes in the title, I believe. Yeah, I think it's red blue. shoes. But red I can't. Shoes. Now I can't remember because I was just looking at it today. But at any rate, so this woman says to me, my grandson had Dungeons and Dragons cards and her dad got his dad got really mad at him because, you know, the devil. And I was like, oh, Lord have mercy. Are we doing this again? And it got me thinking about, like, wasn't there a Dungeons and Dragons, like, movie weird yep. kind of thing so that's how i found the movie and i know i saw it as a kid and I, the reason i bring it up is because of what we were just talking about but when i rewatched it the ending is not at all what i thought it was and i'm like where did i get this weird ending that tom hanks was in my mind <laughs> it's not even the <laughs> end of the movie so is it the end to a different movie he made or did i make it up all together now i was only like 12 when the movie came out so all these years, I thought it ended differently than it really did. It was super weird. <laughs> That's funny, though, because I've done that to myself. And, you know, I've done that with some films, though, to myself. And I'm guilty of it. I think everybody is. Where you yeah. think that there's a certain actor or actress inside that movie. And then the ending is different than what you thought it was. Because it's been years since you've seen it. And it's like, oh, okay. So I made up my own extended version than what I, than what I thought. Okay, so I'm a little bit more creative than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, it, and it happens. I mean, and like, there was a movie we reviewed that has Hilary Swank. I don't remember her in the movie at all. But she's elite. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay, forgot her. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, going off of the Dungeons and Dragons thing and stuff like that, like you said on your show, too, you know, back in those days, even my mom said this to me, too, if you play that game, you're worshiping the devil. I'm like, okay. And then when I got into high school, I started tampering with it and playing and then i also play magic the gathering and things like that oh, yeah and it's just amazing how times have changed compared to the 1980s and everything too about how now everything is cosplay or larping or different exactly. amount of stuff and it's a lot more welcoming to be a oh, nerd yeah. now yeah. compared to yeah. that yeah and i remember like my my co-host case hi case um she and I have actually had long conversations about like the Dungeons and Dragons and see, I've never played it simply because I have no attention span to, to, to like create characters and do that kind of thing. But I dated a guy in high school who played it. So I was around kids who played it and it's weird because I'm like, you know, it was all about satanic panic and the devil. And it's like, there's not even a devil in that game. Like, I don't remember like there being a character of the devil. So it's just like such a lack of understanding and it's so right. weird to watch a movie where there's just so much, I, like I keep saying, it's a morality play because it's just like, if you play this game, this is what happens. And today it's like, you know, like 20, 2010 said, hold my beer, you know, <laughs> go to Comic-Con if you can't stand. It's just crazy. But I'm so glad that the world is in a place now where people can be who they are because Dungeons and Dragons is a really important part of people's lives and people play it and take it seriously. And and it's and it's, a, it's a source of enjoyment. So why are people shitting on it? I hated that. I hated it back then. I just don't get it. It just goes to show you how closed off some people are and not understanding towards something, which is totally messed up, and how closed off people are Agreed. because they don't understand. And I, I said this to Tamika before because, like, she doesn't understand racism and stuff like that either. I was like, well, people are afraid of what they don't understand. And if because of the fact that they don't understand, that makes them indifferent than what they are. And because they that you are so different, they're scared of what they don't understand. Yeah. Agreed. And, Agreed. And somehow people thought Dungeons and Dragons was this bad, bad thing. And it, it, it's 
it's it's silliness to think that, that when we look, especially if you've been around it or played it, you know how silly it is. And it's like, why did people even spend their time being upset about it? It's just weird. It's it's such a, but that's, a, again, that's part of why watching these movies to me is important. And there's not a lot of people who are like talking, like we talk about old TV shows all the time. I do it. I love I love television growing up. I watched a ton of it, which is partly why I want to pay homage to it, even though we're a comedy channel. But there's not a lot of people watching the movies that we're watching. I mean, they are on Lifetime and stuff, but I don't even know if they play some of these older ones anymore. And I think it's important. And one of the things I want to do is like keep talking about it so that people so that there's like a record of the TV movies, because that's really one of the areas we don't really talk a lot about when you talk about television. I mean, obviously now TV movies have changed because we have Netflix and Hulu. And so, and right. even Lifetime. And, yeah. And they're all producing, they're all movies, Hallmark Channel, Lifetime. So it's it's just so different than what it was. But you know, even I forgot about this Mazes and Monsters. And there's a lot of movies. So it, it's kind of fun to go back and, and have a conversation and it's fun to have people, you know, I am me and say, do this movie. And I'm like, I've never heard of that one. The Melissa Joan Hart one. I had not seen that one before. Um, but when we watched it, I was like, well, this is right in our wheelhouse. I don't know how I didn't know about this one. You know, it's good right. to have just keep the conversation going. I, I love to talk about all television, especially 80s TV. I'm telling you, John, we could do a whole 30 day series on 80s television. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm definitely I okay loved with that. It. I love, there's so much about it I loved. I don't know why. It just was, you know. It's so nostalgic if you think about it. When you look it, at 80s TV program and stuff like that. And also, too, I'm afraid even with regular movies and stuff like that, that people never even heard of and things that I'm introducing them to, that it'll just become something forgettable to the point where they won't even try and check out some of the classic movies or anything like that, which is why I'm glad that I'm doing those Sydney Poitier uh, filmographies and stuff like that. and think So that way people can actually have a reference to go in. Oh, okay. So they talked about this. So let me go and check out some classic films and even films in the eighties or nineties, for instance, as well. Some people like, well, I don't know if I want to check that out or anything, especially in today's time. But to me, I think it's good to go back to the time of that kind of cinema cinema and everything to remember how, not how times used to be, but how things have changed yeah. from those times where it was acceptable to do certain things compared to now. Yeah. And be like, and okay, now we are becoming a little bit more of better human beings a little bit I compared hope. to hopefully cross his fingers, but yeah. and toes, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? But yeah. it makes you critically think now yeah. about certain things. Yeah. And I think, and I think, John, that everybody should see at least one Sydney Poitier movie, if not all of them. Uh, did you ever see Sneakers? It was a movie with Robert Redford, Sydney Poitier, um, River Phoenix was in it. It was late '80s. It might have even been early, early '90s, and it was about this like sort of band of thieves. I kind of think um, the Italian Job, only a comedy kind of type. Movie. I haven't seen it. It it's such a great movie. It's so funny. It's so good. Sidney Poitier. I mean, he's amazing no matter what he does. But that was one of my favorite movies he ever did. And it's just this comedy. It's but it's such it's such a good it's such a good movie. And the guy who plays Principal Ball on the Goldbergs was also in it. I can't remember his name, but um, uh-huh. it's just watch it if you ever get a chance to. I don't know if it's streaming, but it's a great it's a great movie. 
I'll definitely check that one out for real because you know me, I'm a huge eighties kid at heart anyways. So yeah, we, you know what we should, we should review it. I'm down for that. I'm actually down for doing something like that, to be honest with you. And you know, another thing too, is like my shows are not scripted. I pretty much know what I want to say and everything. I go through it in my mind throughout my work and everything too, but that's just the way I do things. But how long does it actually take you to craft the script up and does it get approved by you and the co-host or do you guys swap each other's scripts to see uh, how it's laid out or how does that work? Well, I usually write the script because she, she, she almost always watches the movie before I do, but I always write the script because I'm, I'm a writer. So it's kind of just a little easier for me to do it. Um, and then I'll send it to her. And then if she, and so I'll break it up because we each read through it. And then I, I'm very interruptive. I interrupt her all the time. I'm sure you've noticed. <laughs> like, no, oh, not sorry, at I'm all. doing it again. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. <laughs> um, yeah, all the time. So it's we're scripted, but we're not stuck to the script at all. We'd like to talk about the the stuff too, in the way that you and I talk about it too. So, but it takes me. So I usually I usually watch the movie at least three between three and five times, and. There have been a couple I haven't been able to watch more than once or twice, but typically. And then I'll write the script as I'm watching it. So it'll take me, you know, three hours to write a script. Then I go through and edit it down because you don't always remember what's important, what can be taken out, characters that are completely unimportant, that kind of thing. Edit it down. And then I do, if if it's based on a true crime, I usually do research on that to add that section. And then I always, we always talk about like who's, in it. So the research too takes me quite a while. So it's, it's a process. That's kind of why we only do twice a month. Cause it's, it, it takes a really long time beyond just watching the movie to sort of get it together. And even if it's not um, based on a true crime, I usually like to do some research about the movie or, you know, and then you go down the rabbit hole. Cause you're like, Oh, I forgot about this actor. And, and then next thing you know, you're watching an entire series that they made in the eighties that was canceled after one season. And it's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> I like the research that you do though. I do like the behind the scenes research and, th- and stuff like that. It gives a little bit more of an insight scoop on things. And I feel like that's what's missing in some of the, in some of the podcasts I do listen to when it comes down to movie related stuff. Like, I'll go in and I'll break into the box office stuff while a movie franchise might have failed, while also reviewing the film that uh, that's based off of the facts that I found out and everything, yeah. too. So I like going down that rabbit hole of trivia and things like that. I definitely like it. So it's definitely my niche whenever it comes down to listening to your show. I just wish other channels would actually do that, too, you know, just to give a little bit of insight and everything. But still. The way you guys do it and everything is totally fun. I just want to point that out there. And I like the I like the banter between you and your co-hosts as well. And it's just been entertaining. Case and I have known each other um since the very early 90s. So we've been together a long, 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 long time. I've known her. And fortunately for me, now she lives in she lives in a town maybe half an hour away, but she works in the town I live in. So she's in town all the time. So it works out that we're able to all we didn't get to record together last time because she had surgery and was home recovering. We did it remotely, but we we always have a good time. And actually, it worked out great during the pandemic because I'm used to seeing her fairly often. And I didn't, you know, 
for the first six months of the pandemic. So having her as a co-host has been awesome because then we have a chance to kind of catch up and, and hang out. Cause we used to, we're kind of both nerds and we love, there's a bookstore. I live outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and there's a bookstore on the East side. We both went to UW Milwaukee called Boswell book company. And they have a lot of authors. I know you like, you like to read and you're kind of into writers too. And they have a lot of authors on book tours there coming through. So we used to, before the pandemic, go down there at least once. We were down there at least once every other week. And we'd pick authors that maybe we'd never heard of before. We've never read before. Didn't matter. We go down there. We'd, you know, they usually talk, either talk to somebody else or read or whatever and had a great time. And then that ended because of the pandemic. It's just starting up again, thankfully. So we're going to start going back doing that in April. And I've that's one of the things I've missed the most about the pandemic was just going to that bookstore because that's how much of a nerd I am. I love bookstores. All of them. I love bookstores, too. And, in fact, I'm, and libraries. I'm a big nerd in libraries, though, too. Mm-hmm. And I love the smell of books. The smell of books is like a high that I can't even describe. I could spend, like, don't even get me started on going to libraries. I could spend a lot of time there more time than anybody wants to be with me in a library or a bookstore. I love, I love used bookstores, especially I love to go and used bookstores are the best to be Mm -hmm. honest. They are. I was at a bookstore in the UP maybe two years ago and I picked up this book. I didn't really know what it was. It said John the car. And I was like, Oh, okay. I think he might've made a movie. I think I paid like five or $10 for this book. And I've, um, the man who came to dinner, I think it was, which was a movie feature film. And then, um, he passed away and the book is now that I paid like $10 for it was showing on online that it was selling the a first edition, like for like a hundred bucks. So it's always so fun to find that, you know what I mean? You're I, like, that's it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, now I got to just put this up and not even touch it now because it's now worth a hundred dollars and God knows how much it will be later on. Yeah. And I'll never sell it. It'll be with me forever. I can't get rid of my books. (laughs) Same here as well. I have God knows how many countless Stephen King books. And also, too, I'm actually reading a memoir right now of uh, Stevie Van Zandt from the uh, Bruce Springsteen and the East Side, uh, not the East Side, but East Street Band. How is that? I love it, to be honest with you. And it talks about how what got him into music and the whole entire deal of the 1960s and the generation of music that he went through. And by the time it got through to him, the traditional rock and roll has changed into this lifestyle of rock and roll. Yeah. And everything. So everybody that was rebelling against their parents by listening to Elvis had pretty much turned old and was against their kids rebelling against them. So by the time that he started discovering music, it became more of a rock and roll lifestyle versus the other way around. So I definitely like that where he talks about why he quit the Bruce Springsteen band and did his own thing about how he wanted to become a political singer and got snuck into um, South Africa. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is during the 1980s and he got snuck into uh, South Africa and in the back of a truck so he can go on ahead and be pursue his career as a political singer. So I thought that was pretty interesting how you go from Bruce Springsteen to being a political singer and a soloist and being a snuck into Africa. 
So I'm I'm really am. I'm I'm enjoying the evolution of uh, Stevie Van Zant right now. But that's not actually the name of the book. But it's, I love it. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I it's got to be so interesting because every decade music wise is so different, and he's been around a long time. Definitely. And he said that he believes that the reason why he has the rag around his head, even though it's to cover up his bald spots, is because of the fact he was always memorized by heroes, which is Zorro. And he said that that's probably where he got the idea to have the do-rag around his head. That's really cool. But, you know, I really like Stevie Van Zandt. I'm a huge fan of uh, Bruce Springsteen, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s music. It doesn't matter. I'm a fan of all, fan of it all. Yeah, but you, you know, but another thing too, I was curious about like during the pandemic, was it hard for you guys to record? Because I know that Anchor allows you to go ahead and you can send the invite and everything to your friend, and then you guys can do it on your phone. And I know the editing process is hell when it comes down to that. Well, we ended up, we actually ended up, so we didn't start recording until kind of the fall of the pandemic. So at that point it had started to recede, but kind of not really like it was kind of, we kind of were hearing whispers that things were going to change and they really weren't. So we ended up actually recording in person because she was in town because of her job. Um, She, she did go remote, but by then I think she was not remote anymore. She was starting to come back in. So we ended up, we ended up always recording in person, which which has worked out really well. So it it didn't really af- the pandemic didn't particularly affect us in that regard. Hi, Brandy. Okay, that's just something I was curious about because I know for me, I didn't have any guest on. I didn't have a co-host. I didn't have nothing. All I had was my cell phone. So basically, my your first episodes are always going to be the horrible episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sound is, on ours is the worst. And the funny thing is I did mine out in the car. And I know people are probably like, yeah, we get it, John. We get it. You've done your notes on the car. You told the story about 100 times and da-da-da-da-da. But, you know, I always say this. Think of it as me talking to myself. So if anybody's trying to get into podcasting and think you're going to have 100 people listening, you're not. That's just the that's just how it is. So you have to go into it with the mindset, okay, talk to your guests as if you're talking to yourself and then tell whatever you want to tell out through your through your microphone or whatever you're talking through to be real with them. So the way it does create a community to where people will will care about it. But that's how I did. I even said, look, think of this as me talking to myself (laughs) and just talking about certain topics within the entertainment industry. Yeah. And Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I, so now we, I, we, I've always had cases the co-host, so that's so it's worked out. So I haven't really had to um, do it that way. But it, it, it. I'll, I'll be honest, I had no idea about the technology in particular, like how to do it, what we were doing. And it took me a couple months to research it, and then when we first did the first episode, um, it, it's a funny episode. I there's a lot of like about I like, but the the sound is garbage and I didn't like have any built-in breaks. I mean, you're learning. You have to learn. The only way to learn how to podcast is to actually podcast, quite frankly. That's that's it. There's exactly. No Otherwise, if you're stuck doing what you did in the first season, for example, if you do have people do have seasons or your first episode, for instance, 
you're not evolutionizing or changing the way you do things, you're going to be stuck where you were when you first started out. So, you know, up until recently, I learned how to do audio editing with the podcast and everything. I only edit whenever I have to edit. I'm not one of those people where I have to edit every single time I turn around or anything like that. Like if there's like a lot of talking in the background or whatever, I'll go on ahead and take some out of that. But other than that, though, it is what it is. That's my show. But and also, too, I learned how to do video editing now off this one app through my phone that I really love. Nice. That's nice. Yes. I'm only paying like $18 for the whole year. But and it's great. It's a fantastic app. I'm glad I discovered it. I learned it. Matter of fact, how I found the app was through this one thing off of YouTube on how to learn your analytics, because that's another thing I'm learning. I'm learning about analytics and stuff like that now, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the other thing that I have, I don't want to say struggled with, but learning like um, to, to use Instagram, to use Twitter. And now we were, we had the weirdest thing happen with Twitter. We opened an account and then we got banned like right away, not banned, but like they. Was they, it because you used the F words, Beth? Come no, on. no, no. Oh my God. That sure? was the funniest. That comment you made. I was laughing out loud. I was crying. That was so funny. When you made the comment about the show being only five minutes, if I stopped using f bombs, <laughs> it's true. It would be like okay, it was so funny. <laughs> You're welcome. It just totally made my day. I was totally not expecting that. That's my favorite. <laughs> that joke that you're totally not expecting, and then all of a sudden, I was I couldn't. That was I'm so glad. funny. But but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> because I'd be like, okay, today we're review- reviewing fuck. Um, today we're reviewing shit. Uh, today, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm just not doing it, guys. This is going to be it for the podcast. Because I do it too. Like, for instance, I was in my car one time and I forgot my name. I'm like, how do I forget my name? I'm like, my name is fuck. I'm like, I don't know. As a matter of fact, I still have those outtakes too, which I'm going to make a blooper out of. Like you I'm should. making blooper reels. You but have to. It it uh, like I said, if we if you wanted up doing those f bombs and everything, that thing will only be like five minutes long. I know, and you know, we we we're kind of words and all. We don't really we don't edit out content. Um, we don't. I like what the things. There have been a few few times where. We're like, oh, this isn't working, or my dog will bust in because he knows how to open the door in the recording studio, and he requires a tremendous amount of attention. So he doesn't doesn't think the door is a thing. He like, you need to stay out of here. So if he comes in and makes a lot of noise, I mean, you've heard me. T- we we we've had to like stop recording or whatever. But we really we're warts and all. We don't we don't edit a lot. There've been a few, there was a story. I guess I can tell it now. I don't know. My mom's not watching. Um, that I, that we told on the first episode that I thought I edited it out. And, and this was the story. So the first movie we did was this movie called friends till the end with Shannon Doherty. And the, one of the, girls that was in the sorority kills a guy in the alleyway and I told the story about how when I was very young maybe in my early 20s I was on a date and we were walking down the street and this guy kind of came out of an alley this is how I remember this story maybe it didn't really happen this way I don't know and he's like you want to get high with us and we're like well yeah (laughs) so we went into this alleyway and 
you know, with this guy. And so I told the story on the podcast and I thought I had edited it out. And then my sister texted me and said, I didn't know you did that. And I was like, I thought I edited it out. She's like, no, it's there. So I actually went back and edited it out. I'm not ashamed that that happened because it was, I was very young. You know, we all do things. But I was like, well, maybe for the first episode, I should just like, you know, hold back a little bit. Right, because you're like, okay, I don't want to get the wrong impression on somebody. I'm like, okay, what did I get myself into by pressing the subscribe button and everything, too? And, you know, it it goes to a lot of things, though, too, about what your parents, what our parents taught us, though, back in the day. First appearances mean everything. Yeah. So if you're ranting and raving like a lunatic and that's their first, first experience... Like, yeah. I don't know if I should go ahead and subscribe <laughs> to this person's channel. He might need some mental help. You yeah. know what? I'm going to go ahead and give him about 50% off of better help because this is what this guy needs. <laughs> you know, because they're not going to understand this is who this guy is. Your built-in audience will because that's who they're used to and accustomed to. But if somebody who's new to the channel, they might not be used to that. So therefore... You have to go on ahead and go off the bat of saying, okay, I have my audience, but there's also new audiences coming in. So therefore I have to reserve myself for that audience. But there are some times, there are some times where you can go on ahead and go full throttle. And then right now I'm at the point where I want to show more of my humor side than I ever did because I feel like I've been holding back a little bit. You should so, never hold back on humor. Right. But it's just some things that I'm thinking, you know what I'm saying? I just go in my head sometimes where I'm thinking that I'm holding back. So, you know, it's one of those things where I want to actually show some people a little bit more of my other side that I haven't, that most yeah. people don't see. Sometimes I feel like I need to go the opposite direction and be like, um, be a little more serious because <laughs> this might surprise you, John, but I'm also like getting a, a, a master of fine arts. I'm, I'm actually a college instructor. I teach college course in writing courses and i remember you telling me yeah so now i'm getting my mfa and it's like sometimes i think maybe people won't believe that because i'm a little too um i drop a lot of f-bombs which you know you can't do in a novel but it's just like maybe i should be a little more serious but then i'm like "Mm, no i'm serious enough at work i don't need to be serious on on the podcast but that's partly why we don't use my last name I mean, I I don't know. I think I've been doing it long enough that I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I'm not worried. I'm not going to lose my job. I just, you know, but at first I wasn't really sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was careful to, to, to not, I just didn't want to be like, oh, I want to be known for my podcast, obviously. And I'm very, very proud of it. I could not be prouder of what we produce, but at the same time, I'm, trying to walk a delicate balance where like I have college students they're all obviously over the 18 they know the f-bomb I don't drop it ever teaching um but you know that might surprise students or my boss or my boss says you know they know they know about the podcast everybody does but I still haven't like been using my last name really not I do I write so you know I don't know I can understand that though to want to reserve yourself because you're not sure how you know, your your job outside your podcast is going to react to something that they're not accustomed to. Yeah. Because of the fact that you're using F-bombs and stuff like that. I'm like, wait, is this the same person that's been teaching? Okay, we need to go ahead and put her in HR for a minute and let me talk to her. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> but you know, but then you might actually get some people, some supervisors were like, you know what, that's actually pretty cool. I like I like what you're doing and everything and stuff like that. And uh, you know what? As a matter of fact, at my job, I actually have co-workers that come up to me and tell me, hey, what do you think of this movie or this movie right here? Matter of fact, the nurse was actually putting together her top 10 country western movies. I'm like, And they're like, well, what do you think about this movie? I said, to be honest with you, I wouldn't categorize that as a country movie or anything like that. If you're Depending on the country movie that you're looking for, are you looking at the, not for the 1960s or 1970s kind of western, or are you looking for the modern take of western movies? Because there's a certain balance that you have to put into your list. So that's how I would categorize your country Western list. And that's what she did. But they asked me about movie reviews. Even I even have a nurse practitioner that comes up to me and he asks, so how's the podcast going? How's the YouTube channel going? Uh, and stuff like that. And he becomes fully invested. He goes, have you seen anything new? What have you been doing with it? So he's becoming invested. And he also subscribed to the channel and everything too. I love it. So that was actually pretty cool. And I was not expecting it, but it's cool to actually know that your coworkers support you yeah. as well. Yeah. But you never know, though, too, like if you might actually have a grumpy person that doesn't like what you're doing because of the language or whatever that you're using. My so I totally get where you're coming my, from. My co-host parents. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, because her parents listen to the podcast and I'm like, oh, have they been listening? And they're like, she's like, well, I asked him and they said, well, it's just that. It's just that Beth's language. <laughs> it's like, oh no! <laughs> and I, I mean, and I get it. I get it. I've been trying, but I'm just, I can't help it. I, it's just a part of me. It's part of who I am. Well, <laughs> to me, and I talked to Abby about this too from Motor City Nurse, who's also my producer and co-host. Well, generally, maybe be my co-host, but yeah, I'm not going to keep it secret. But <laughs> anyways. <laughs> But, you know, we were talking about swearing and stuff like that. And I was like, well, it's a, a way of, to exp- of an expression of feeling excitement. It's not in the way to use it negatively. Yeah. It's to a way, way to be expressive without, you don't know how to describe it. Yeah. So, therefore, you use something to exclaim uh, something, and that's how I use it as. I don't yeah. use it as any other way. Yeah, some people might say it's vulgar or whatever, but I use I it think, as a way of, exci- of excitement, express an expression. Yeah, and and I think that I mean I listen to a lot of podcasts, and most of them, even like the true crime ones, they a lot of them use the drop the f bomb. I mean, I guess one could argue for and against it, but I mean we are what we are. And I actually really do usually put explicit on the podcast anyway, just because some of the topics that we cover, even though they're TV movies, it's, it's shocking how much stuff was the content that there is within the films. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's, I don't even know how to say it. It's just, it's just strange. Like all of a sudden, like they're talking about things or they're like the, the mazes and monsters, we're going to have to have a trigger warning because of, because of some of the mental health issues, but um, just there's just a lot of things that we talk about anyway, that, that are from the, t- it's just weird what TV movies covered, man. It's weird. It's, they covered I don't a lot. Even know. It, yeah. it's just strange. I mean, it's, it's been really fun and it's been a lot of fun to like see the differences between movies, between the seventies, the eighties and nineties, because you see in the seventies, a lot of horror movies, a lot of TV horror movies, a lot of really good, 
well-written TV horror movies are from the 70s. In the 80s, you saw a lot of sort of moving from that to more of the based on true crime. And then, of course, the 90s is all about based on true crime. And and maybe that's why I love those movies so much, because I, I really am interested in true crime and, and murder and missing persons and you know, I, I've seen every Dateline 10 times. No, I, there's not enough time in my lifetime to watch them all. <laughs> you know what, but, though? You know, right. Yeah. Well, I remember as a kid watching Dateline and stuff like that as a kid, doing my homework. And I'm being invested into the stories. And my mom's, like, snapping her fingers at me and goes, hey, 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 uh, study this later. Uh, th- you watch TV later. I'm like, yeah, but Dateline's not going to be on later. <laughs> no, and I got to see what happened. I can't. You can't get twenty minutes into it. You got to. You got to give the whole hour. It's just all. That's how Dateline works. I remember, like as a kid, watching, like I said earlier, Unsolved Mysteries, and I remember like people saying, "Oh, that show scares me so much." And I was like, "What's scary about it? Is it scary?" Because <laughs> it didn't scare me. <laughs> but it's it is kind of a scary show. And then when Robert Stack died, my friends like would text me and say, "Robert Stack died," and he was the host of of the original and I just I love that. Know, I know he, he, he was, he was kind of cre- you know, creepy and scary in a good way, but I just, that show, I just loved it. I couldn't, I was like, wow, how did they, how do people disappear? Where did they go? Like, how do you not know who murdered somebody? It's so sad. It's, it's so. And he was sad. such a good narrator though, to where you become yeah. invested into the stories that you don't have a clue at what happened to this person. I'm like, well, what happened? What yeah. uh, and it's like, okay, now if Google was around, I'll be like, okay, let me go in and do some investigations and help him out. You yeah, know, but exactly. And now a lot of podcasts are covering a lot of the old episodes that haven't been solved. I like that. Or, yeah, I do too. I love I love it because there's some there were some there were some segments where even today you're I'm haunted by it. Like teenagers that are murdered and they don't know who killed them, and now I'm like hearing on podcasts like they're they're covering things and you're finding out things that you can't believe they they you know in a three minute segment they didn't cover but never got airtime or news time or anything and you're like well that's who did it how do we how did we not know it's 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 pretty cool actually for sure and you know. I have to commend you guys because doing those made-for-TV podcast stuff, the made-for-TV movies, is a tough thing to do. It's hard to actually break that into a TV to, – to actually break that into a podcast, to be honest with you, because of yeah. the times and how much they have changed yeah, depending on it, the different eras and everything. And you'd, you'd, you'd be very surprised at how many conversations we've had about, um, like, should we talk about this part or should we just run over it or, you know, because there's, there's just things in there that, like, we make fun of the sexism and the, and the chauvinism because there's a lot of it, especially in the 70s. But again, if you watch 70s TV shows, there was a lot of it. I don't, and I don't want to, like, say it was okay. It just, culturally was acceptable at that time doesn't make it okay but that's just how it was so you have to give yourself some leeway but to go back and look at some of the stuff it's it's like oh and then we did a movie our second movie was called sooner or later and i remember loving that movie as a i was 13 years old when it was on tv and it's about a 17 year old boy who falls in love with a 13 year old girl and it's completely inappropriate in every way and it's not a great movie and we were just like 
how, how the hell did we talk about this one? We didn't have a lot of very nice things to say. We made fun of it a lot because it's so inappropriate. But even even watching it now, I'm like, so adults were okay with even airing this or writing this or what the heck is happening? It's strange. Some some of the content is it's very strange. You would think that adults wouldn't be okay with that or anything like that. But then again, I I don't know if statutory rape or anything like that was something that was covered in the seventies or anything. Yeah, I mean another thing we we talk about a lot too is like in the seventies, like the drinking age was completely different, right? So like the drinking age was eighteen at and in some states for a long time, 19, then it went up to 21. Like my sister was 19 and then she was, I guess they call it grandfathered in. They changed the drinking age to 21, but she was able to drink at 19. By the time I became 21, it was 21 or 19 or whatever it was. So there's just a lot of things that change over time. But I think, but I also think that's important to, to talk about and to, and to why we need to preserve the, the TV movie. It's just not really something people talk about regularly in the way that we say, Oh, remember that one Seinfeld episode or the office or, you know, Punky Brewster's back. And, and um, I think, did I hear they were going to maybe make that Will, are they remaking the Will Smith one? Uh, what was that called? Fresh Prince. Yeah. The Fresh Prince is back, but it's different in tone. Okay. A that's whole kinda, lot different. I, yeah. I think I might've seen a couple minutes of it. And then I was thinking, Oh wait, is that, is that did they bring it because i'm not always um i'm not on all of the platforms so i don't know everything that's coming out but um but it's 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 a lot of fun to talk about tv it's a lot of fun to talk about tv shows but we don't really talk about tv movies in the same way so at least i hope to kind of preserve that history one way or another at least keep the conversation going exactly and you know tv programming has changed a lot like we mentioned Networks networks are actually doing their own thing now with their own original content, but they don't feel like TV shows anymore. They don't feel like that anymore. They actually feel like five and a five five episodes equal up to like a five hour movie because it has yeah. a cinematic experience thanks to The Sopranos and everything because they were the first ones to actually do a TV series that was so cinematic and so different in its own way at that time. And yeah. then of course we wound up getting Breaking Bad and a series of other ones, but. If you look at the way that storytelling is now. It yeah, in a lot of ways, it was feel very, like movies. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And it, it, it's and I've, I lost my train of thought there. I don't know why um, what I was going to say. But yes, you're right. Oh, I was going to say TV, I think in the in the 70s, in this 80s was a little more simplistic than it is today. But in the 70s. You'd be surprised at what kind of some of the content and some of the topics. It was a, it was more complex, if that makes any sense. And it was it, like, so we did this movie called Someone I Touched, which was about the um, syphilis epidemic, the uh, uh, STD uh. epidemic in the United. Again, it, it was a morality, it was a morality play. Play. Uh, play. Cloris Leachman was in it. it. It's it's not a great movie, and. It really is just like, if you do this, this is going to happen. And there was a lot of that going on. But sometimes the content in the 70s is a little more shocking than what you would have seen in the 80s and even the 90s. 
Most definitely, because even in the 90s, they had some really bad dialogue. The story flow was totally different in tone and range, even stuff that didn't even feel relatable. When they were supposed to talk about certain topics, those topics even felt more awkward than us going to our parents about it because of the fact that we don't know how to learn from certain things or whatever. We didn't want to go to our parents about it. So therefore, we thought, oh, okay, so they have this show out. Okay, so I'll check that out. And it turned out, okay, that's just falsification of information that I misuse of information. Yeah. And I think there was also a fear. Like, like I think a perfect example of that is if you watch Saved by the Bell, which I have seen, but I was a little older. So I saw like in reruns years later. There was that episode where Jesse gets addicted to caffeine pills. Mm-hmm. Well, there's an entire movie called Go Ask Alice from the 70s, a TV movie about a girl who just her life devolves into drug addiction. And I it's so that different. Review. Yeah. And, and so different that you're talking about in the 70s, they brought it to the forefront. They talked about STDs. They talked about drug addiction. They talked about it in a way that is as realistic as one can talk about something on television because you obviously know it's all fictionalized and even reality is fiction. But by the 90s, we're talking about a girl and a comedy who gets hooked on caffeine pills. Like, that's how whitewashed the 90s kind of got. That's why I love The X-Files because that was the best show of the 90s. That's all I'm going to say about the 90s TV. I, I love the X-Files. I was obsessed <laughs> with it. I could not get enough of that show. It's such although, a show. Although my go-to was like Boy Meets World over Saved by the Bell because it had a lot more stuff in it for me to relate to that had more of a, li- a little bit more of a realistic touch on it compared to Saved by the Bell. Yeah, and, I didn't watch a lot of Saved by the Bell. I watched Melrose Place because I was that age. So that yeah, I remember Melrose Place. I watched, I didn't understand it, but I watched. <laughs> I was like eight years old trying to watch Melrose Place. I'm a tad from, older than you. <laughs> right? So I'm like, okay, I just don't get it. This show's not for me. This show is boring. <laughs> it changed the station. Yeah, but, I get it. You know, <laughs> but it's just, you know, I, I, I still remember those old 90s shows, to be honest. Yeah, and even the commission. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was so. Uh, and the heat of the night was that. That yep. was nineties, right? Yep. Or was that eighties, nineties? Heat of the night. I love that. Heat show. of the night is between the eighties and nineties because I do remember watching that. Even Matlock, I watched that. Jake and the Fat Man, I watched all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Casey, you know, we talk about Murder, She Wrote. She loved Murder, She Wrote. I didn't watch that as much. She loves Golden Girls. I didn't like Golden Girls at all. But here's why. Because I had to babysit on Saturday nights. And when I babysat, there were three channels. And one of them always had the damn Golden Girls on Saturday nights. And I hated that. I didn't want I to watch I understand why you got girls. the teeth of it. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't want to watch. I didn't want to watch a show about four old ladies when I was 15. What I really wanted to do was be at a party, but I had to babysit because somebody had to make money, right? <laughs> right. You know what's funny, though? I was like 13, maybe 14 years old watching the reruns of the Golden Girls, even before then. My brother would always break my balls about it, though, too. He's like, enjoy your old lady senior citizen show. <laughs> so I will enjoy your Ricky Lake. <laughs> God, I forgot about week. I should do a podcast about about talk shows of the 90s Ricky Lake man that show was that show was crazy but it was so ahead of its time we watched some heavy headers on there she had a lot of stuff that she dived into a lot better than Hugh Donahue and all that yeah I I remember all those tv shows she was Ricky Lake was not afraid to go 
places that Above other and shows didn't. Yeah. Jenny Jones, she was garbage. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that, but she was. She, she, I didn't like that. I actually, no, I shouldn't say that I watched it. Sally Jesse Raphael watched it. I mean, it was. Did you like her or no? Or was that not for you? Um, yeah, I kind of, I feel like I did. I'm not, I think maybe my mom watched her and that's why I did. But I know like Ricky Lake, we actively watched. Like that was a show we, but again, you know, I was her age. I'm her age. And so like she was relatable to me and the, her guests were relatable because they were all people kind of having similar things going on in their lives that I did. I mean, obviously they were way more extreme because they were on her show and I wasn't, but it was, it was entertainment, and she's an entertainer. Exactly. And my brother, he still loves Ricky Lake to this day. He actually went on to one of her sets and everything too. She she's beautiful. She like went gray, and I love her. I still do. She's a great actress. She, she I, is. I wish she worked more. I don't think she does a lot anymore, but she should. She should. She should definitely. And I like how she gives herself more of a natural look. Yeah, she and doesn't try beautiful. to. Right, instead of her covering herself up yeah. with makeup and everything, she just goes in for the more blended, natural look, which is something that I really like about her. Yeah, and she still looks really similar. Like, if you see her, you're like, oh, that's Ricky Lake. You know, she doesn't look so different than she did. But, yeah, I think she's really – some people, I think, look better as they age, and she might be one of those. Although she was beautiful back then, too. I, d I really liked her. I still do. I haven't seen this show. I should go back and watch some of the old shows because I did. We loved me and my friends. Casey, too. I think I watched that with her sometimes. Okay. And another thing, too, is like, I know that you did that Melissa Joan Hart movie. And then you said, well, I don't know too much about Clarissa Explains It All. But my brother introduced me to that show at an early age and everything. And I grew attached to it. Even though I wasn't a teenager at that time, I was like maybe maybe 10, maybe 11. But it's dealing with how teenagers see their parents in a teenage perspective and everything. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's found very interesting. I think that's partly why that, because um, she, she was also Sabrina. And I think maybe that's mm -hmm. partly why she took this that movie that on, because it was so different from the character she played. But I just read an article about her because they had some kind of 90s, com 90s con. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't and, hear about that. Yeah, it was on, I guess it was in last weekend in, um, I forget where, Connecticut. And so I think it was, Clar it was either Clarissa or Sabrina. Which are both great shows. I, yeah, I like and she was talking about bringing. Was it was it Clarissa? I can't remember, but she was talking about possibly bringing one of them back, but then it then it didn't happen, and I just thought that was kind of interesting. I think she tried bringing back Clarissa because they already have a Sabrina show, but it's completely different in tone. Yeah, on Netflix. yeah, that's so. Right. I think they try. She tried bringing back Clarissa. But I'm kind of glad they didn't bring it back because I've already seen the downfall of bringing back older shows. Yeah. For and there's only one show that was able to do that, and that's Fuller House. That was like the only show that was able to do that because with Boy Meets World, they decided to do that years later with Boy Meets uh, Girl Meets World. Yeah. And they only did it for like two seasons on Disney Plus. But at the same time, you, with Disney and everything, you can't get away with a lot like you could with ABC. Yeah, to me, it should have been on a different network on ABC or something like that. Then you can actually generate it, even though ABC is actually, I think, partly owned by Disney. I think. Yeah, but I think it is now. I I think you're right. 
I just, I think, I just think you can't recreate the magic. I, not that mm -hmm. you can't be nostalgic or see, that's why I really liked the friends reunion thing last year, because it was just them talking about the show and bringing back the old characters. And it was very nostalgic, but I think to try and bring that show back would, they all know that it would be a mistake. You just can't recreate it. Now, having said that, I, I like I love the show Facts of Life, and they did come back and make a few movies, and I enjoyed that they did that because I I kind of liked that. But that was years ago. That was only like soon after the the TV shows came out. And in fact, this summer we're going to try and do some of that on the podcast where we're going to talk about um, we're going to review some old some TV movies that came from either were pilots to or were movies of tv shows so we have a lot on the list like dukes of hazard we're going to do charlie's angels pilot if i can find it that that's one i've had a really hard time finding we're going to do well, heart get this to heart. though get this though you want to know something want to know a little fun fact here i actually got yeah. to interview one of the cast members from cast uh from uh the facts of life you did which one dean simone he played doug Doug. So he must have played that was was that one of Blair's boyfriends on the show maybe? I think so. The, uh, in 1982. I think that Blair dated. Now see I I'm going from memory and I haven't seen the, uh, although the show used to play on it was like re running on logo so several years ago I did see some newer episodes. It's been a while though since I've seen the whole series but I feel like Blair dated a guy in, was named Doug, and I bet that was him. Okay. Yeah, he actually, uh, matter of fact, he actually played in a little movie called Game Day. And, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, recently. As a matter of fact, I, the director of Game Day or the producers of Game Day reached out to me and wanted me to review the film. And Alex and I reviewed the film when we also had Dean on. And That, that wasn't the one with Kevin Costner, was it? I who's don't in, think so, no. Who's in Game Day? I can't remember. I, no, I, no, no. This is like an indie film. This is like okay. a small indie film. Okay. You're thinking right. of Draft Day. Draft Day. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. But, you know, Beth, it's always a pleasure to have you on here. Thanks, and John. I'm just glad to be able to, you're welcome. And I'm just glad that I actually got a chance to get to know you outside yes, of doing our movie reviews. And I love doing these laid back uh, interviews with people and a podcast so other people can reach out and probably listen to your podcast and things like that, you know, because before, like last year, we didn't even know each other. You just reached yeah. out to me on that on that one app that we. Yeah, brought. yeah. And, that was uh, fun. It's been a lot of fun. I'm I'm always glad, to, especially because it gives me a chance to watch feature films again, which I still love to do. I love to go to the movies. I love to do feature films and I love 80s movies. So I've been very glad to have someone to talk to who also loves to talk about 80s movies. It's been a lot of fun, especially the John Hughes films that we did. Yeah, the John Hughes stuff was fun. And matter of fact, if I could find more movies that took place on record stores and do like a top five uh, movie list of movies that took place in record stores, I would love to do an episode like that. Yeah, that's but, a great idea. I can think of high high fidelity. That's the only other one I yeah. can think of. Is uh, Empire Records is one. Oh, yeah, yeah, forgot about that one. Then of course there's Pretty in Pink, which we can just talk about the store and then rank them according to how what store we would want to work in. 
Okay. Well, I can do some research and try and find, you know, I'm pretty good at research. I can try, I can try and find some a couple other movies and we'll see what we can come up with. All right. Sounds great. And where can everybody reach you at? Everybody can reach me. I got my piece of paper here. Um, so I'm on, I'm, we're on Twitter at TV movie club pod one. We're on Instagram at made underscore four underscore movie underscore club, or we're on Facebook under made for TV movie club. And if you just hashtag MFTVMC podcast, Give it a Google. You'll find us there. And you can listen to us on, we're on all the podcast apps. Your favorite one, just look us up or go on to our website, madefortvmovieclub.com, and we, it'll link to our um, anchor show. Okay. Guys, go on ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers, TV Lovers Unite, on the, underneath the same name brand on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. Also, too, I'm on all major podcast platforms, just like Beth is and everything, too. But also, too, go over to Good Pods. Good Pods is basically social networking for podcasters. If you're someone that likes listening to podcasts, or if you're a podcaster yourself, get on target with Good Pods. And also, too, people can also tip you if they want to tip you some money and everything, too. That's another way you can do it. Speaking of tipping for money or whatever, no, I'm not going to be stripping. But what you can do is you guys can go on ahead and donate five to ten dollars how do you do that you just go head over to buy buy me a coffee.com forward slash movie lovers movie lovers and that's how you can donate five to ten dollars over there but of course i know with this pandemic and also to the inflation that's going on around the world it's hard to actually do that but i have some good news just smashing that subscribe button smashing that like button smashing that bell in the bottom right hand corner and also commenting in the comment section of youtube also helps me grow as a creator because it gives other people the opportunity to find my shows and same thing with ranking my shows and stuff like that on Spotify and on Apple podcasts and good pods as well. Also allows my audience to connect with me and find me. So go on ahead, do all that stuff. Also to follow me underneath movie lovers unit on Twitter. I need the same brand name of course on TikTok as well, but it's not movie lovers unit zero. And then that, then of course, if you're a sponsor would like to reach out to me, just reach out to me at movie lovers unite at gmail.com. But there's also a little bit of announcement that I want to make real quick. If we have trailer reactions that we're doing, that's going to be dropped now at 6 o'clock a.m. in the morning time, central time, 7 o'clock eastern time. Because of the fact I like to get the East Coast uh, to be on board for viewing my videos and stuff like that. But we just dropped the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer reaction for Disney+. Plus Tomorrow is going to be the Boy Season 3 teaser trailer that we did. And then um, last week, Abby and I did our Elvis trailer reaction. So, and that has over a thousand views. So let's try and get that up to 2,000. That's my goal. But if not, that's fine too. I'll, I'll take a thousand. That's okay. That's fair. But uh, another thing too is Frenchie also, and I also did another trailer reaction for, for another horror film, but YouTube blocked that trailer reaction. But what I did was I went on ahead. It's not going to be a trailer reaction, but it's going to be a trailer discussion. So what I did was I edited the trailer section out and I just went on ahead, put our intro video section in there and then put our thoughts on what we saw. And then below the, below the description and everything, you'll wind up finding the trailer that you guys can go on ahead and check out. And then guess what? Head back over to our discussion and tell me what you guys think of the trailer and what you saw because just because YouTube blocked us does not mean that we can't have a way of actually talking back and forth about a trailer trailer either. So there's always ways around certain things. 
So that's everything that you need to know that I'm doing here at Movie Television Night. Thank you again, Beth. It's always a pleasure to have you. You're very welcome. And like I said, if you wind up editing out your podcast, it's just going to be a five-minute podcast because you're doing five with the F-bombs. Without the F-bombs, there's no podcast. Exactly. So I Join say, us! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyways, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.